At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated, evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. The VB Map is the Verbal Behavior Milestones Assessment and Placement Program created by Dr. Mark Sundberg. This tool is really valuable for determining goals and programs for your early learners. Sometimes it can be so overwhelming to figure out where to start when there seems like there's so much a child needs to work on. And I found that the VB Map can really help focus where you need to go and help you specifically decide what goals are relevant for that learner. Now, the process of implementing and utilizing the VB map can be a little bit overwhelming. I am really excited to share that recently the Autism Helper has established a collaboration with Dr. Sunberg and the VB map, and we have a whole line of VB map aligned resources. We have an entire assessment kit plus task cards that align with each and every milestone. So I will link that in the show notes if you are already utilizing the VB map and think that would be helpful for implementation. But first, on to today's podcast guest. So I am very excited to share my interview with Nick Carrera and Chris Peterson. Nick is a BCBA and supervisor of their early ABA program at Interactive Kids, and Chris is the director of school consultation for Interactive Kids as well. Both Nick and Chris have a background not only in ABA, of course, but also in special education and are real experts 
on the VB map. Today, they are giving us an overview on this tool. So if you're brand new, no worries. They're going to get into kind of the basics of what it is. But if you're also already a clinician or teacher who's utilizing this tool, they have a lot of great action steps on how to implement the assessment, how to create programs, a lot of user-friendly ideas that I think will be very useful for a classroom or even an in-home setting. So let's go ahead and jump into that interview. All right. Hi, Nick and Chris. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thanks, Hi, for, thanks us. for having us. I'm I'm excited to chat assessment. Who says that? <laughs> Most behavior analysts, I think. Yeah, behavior analysts, right? <laughs> so today you're going to give us an overview of the VB map and then maybe dive into some tips for utilizing this tool. But to get us kind of started, for people that are unfamiliar, um, what is the VB map? So the VB map is also known as the Verbal Behavior Milestones Assessment and Placement Program. Uh, you know, just a little history as we like it. It was uh, created by my, Mark Sumberg, and uh, it was based off B.F. Skinner's Verbal Behavior, um, which was like really a revolutionary, you know, study for that time. And it, really what it does is it looks at the teaching methodologies used in applied behavioral analysis. Um, and we really, our goal is to look at skills that children either have absent or present and really kind of dissect what skills we might need to, um, you know, are, are in need of improvement in that layer, in that um, area of verbal behavior. Can you kind of define a little bit what verbal behavior mean? I, I think most people even that aren't part of the ABA world could infer what that looks like, but a little bit of, there's a lot that's in that phrase, right? Verbal behavior. Sure, yeah. sure. So really what we're looking at as behavior analysts in general is, is behavior and anything that can be observed, um, which at first thought you'd think language, speaking, uh, even nonverbal language doesn't really fit that category, but in reality it does. It's, it's, it's something that um, can be manipulated by reinforcement. Uh, we can observe it. We can measure uh, verbal behavior, whether it is uh, responding uh, or initiating a conversation uh, down to gestures and, and being able to follow directions are observable and measurable occurrences. Um, so verbal behavior has, has kind of branched into its own, um, but it, it is at its core something that we can quote unquote see um, and manipulate. So it is behavior. What are some examples like you know, everyday examples of maybe something we might not think is verbal behavior, but still kind of falling in that category besides, you know, you, you spoke on some of those broader terms. So one, one example that's kind of popping into my head is, is um, applauding. So you might see something that uh, in, in, in a, you're watching a play, everyone stands up and applauds. And, and I consider applauding as a form of verbal behavior. You are, you are, um, expressing something in response to another's behavior. That's a great um, another, example. another example of be verbal behavior that might not come immediately to your mind is, is eye contact. So eye contact is kind of that first step in obtaining someone's attention. Um, a tap on the shoulder even, you're, you're looking to obtain their attention. All of these things would fall under the category of verbal behavior. Yeah, those are great examples because we there's so much that's included in that, but we might not even realize everything that we could be looking at and starting to build as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
So after you, so if you wanted to get started with the VB map, which that's like maybe a whole other episode, but what in general, what type of information would the VB map provide? Like if you were a used car salesman of the VB map, like you're trying to sell me on this, how are you going to like, be like, this is what you need to do? So we kind of look at the assessment. So there's, there's five parts, but really like when we start and like here at Interactive Kids, one of the things that we look at is the milestones assessment and the barriers assessment. And I'll get into those in a second, but the other, um, the other pieces are the transition assessment and the task analysis and skills tracking and placement and IEP goals. I know big mouthful. But when we're looking at getting started, really what we start with is the milestones assessment, which looks at 170 measurable learning and language goals. And we start with the assessment and we start peeling back what we need. Um, basically, we look at the very basic um, verbal operants within the VB map and we start doing those assessments um, and seeing where the children are scoring. And then we really use that barriers assessment, which looks at the child's basically their behaviors and see what obstacles we're having with that child being able to just just be able to learn. Do we have to look at some negative behaviors? Do we have to see if they could sit and attend if they had the prerequisite skills to do that? And that's where we really start. Um, I think that it's really important for us, like getting started with even our youngest learners, knowing those prerequisite skills of sitting and attending are something that we look at first. And, you know, if we know anything, we can't really teach unless we have that behavior under, you know, some kind of control. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes that's like the hardest part is figuring out where to start. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. I was just going to add that uh, one of the places that we do like to start is that that first um, domain of, of mandating, mandating and making that request. Um, once we can kind of build that skill and and uh, make sure that that is consistent, we can we can build from there. Um, that's kind of the, the trunk of the tree and we can branch off uh, from that first basic uh, ability to make a request. Yeah, absolutely. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, for those that are, you know, maybe newer to this, can you kind of kind of describe what the implementation of, you know, the milestone assessment, for example, looks like? What type of um, testing procedure is this? So it's uh, it looks at a couple of different, we could set across those domains. And really what we're looking at is uh, sitting either on the floor with a lot of our learners, we start on the floor, our little guys, um, and we're, we're running through a number of um, tasks, whether it be trying to label something, um, mimicking uh, motor movements, mimicking um, sounds and, and trying to make uh, a coex, 
um, responding to questions, uh, looking at pictures or looking at items that are in the actual environment and seeing what can be, what can be labeled. Um, that's, that's really what we look at, at at first is those, those core skills. And, and we have, each of us have our own little, uh, kits that we like to carry around with us that have all of these little toys and pictures and objects in them that we use to, to start out this assessment. And, and often we really like to build relationships with the family. So when we start off that initial testing, we do want items that would motivate our learners. So, you know, we're going to do some digging and find out what types of things the kids like. If they love bubbles is always a winner for us with our little guys, but we like to figure out what they like to kind of create that motivation for them wanted to build that rapport with us to like have them interact with us. So um, a lot of the times we will reach out to families and say, hey, you know, what does so-and-so like to play with? and we'll have all of those materials and items ready to go so we can reduce that downtime and really get into, you know, starting that assessment piece and presenting what we want to know the learner knows. Yes, absolutely. That's such great advice. Um, you know, you mentioned younger learners. Can you talk a little bit about what age this assessment is a good fit for? So typically we've started the assessment as young as two and a half, three years old. Um, we really find that in the beginning stages, we, we've kind of become key to looking at for, as I said before, those prerequisite goals. Do we have to measure if they could sit and attend? And we really start small and we really want to increase stamina there. I mean, a normal two-year-old is never going to sit there and, you know, really engage with us for table time the whole time. So, you know, really with our little learners where we start there, it's usually on the floor in that more, um, in more or less a more natural way that that two-year-old is going to learn where we progressively move from floor to table and kind of transition to move them into an appropriate way to learn or an expected way to learn that we would want to see them grow into. How old would do you typically, like what's the max kind of age that you typically utilize this um, this tool with? It's an interesting question because um, for one thing, there's, there's an answer to your specific question of who do we typically use it with? Um, <laughs> and then there's the question, the, the answer that, that says who you can use it with. You can use uh, the VB map with anybody at, at any age. I think it just looks different depending on who you're presenting it to. Um, but the concepts... Um, and the goals presented in the VB map can really be applied uh, to any age. Yeah, and really, it's not. We we kind of jumped ahead to what, what Nick and I were looking at. That you know, looking at what the VB map puts forward, it's not just for children with autism. It can be for children with develop, developmental delays or even traumatic brain injury. And really, what we look at is looking at what's you know what those kids are learning at that age because we would want to adjust it so it's appropriate for those older learners but typically for us you know bringing it back around we do use it with our younger learners that two and a half to even five to seven age range um for for those for our learners that's like the standard special ed answer like it can be anyone but it also is this right like (laughs) you know we can we can differentiate um no that that's really helpful because i think you know, sometimes, especially when we get into that later elementary, it's like, okay, can I? And then that next step that you said, like, we really want to be differentiating it so it does meet yeah. the needs of the older learners if that's kind of where their skill set is at. 
No, absolutely. And I think, so I, Sasha, I was definitely um, looking at it from that teacher point. I was a former special ed teacher. And I think even the practice of how we present it is useful um, in the classroom. So even if we're taking the teaching methodologies and we're making the content a little bit more appropriate for schools, there is a way to differentiate it for, for every learner that comes across it. So we talked about who we can give the assessment to and then kind of the reverse, who can give the assessment? You know, if, if those that are new to ABA are listening, they're like, oh my God, they are using all these terms. I don't know what they mean. Is this something a teacher can utilize and do on their own without a behavior analyst supporting them? So I think first and foremost, uh, what you need to have as a professional in order to use this assessment is a, a knowledge base of ABA and basic ABA principles. Um, from there, if, you, if, if there is a, a teacher, a special education teacher, uh, or even a speech therapist that kind of has an understanding of these basic ABA principles, um, plus their additional expertise, I think that that does allow them or gives them kind of the um, quote unquote authority to, to deliver this assessment. Um, I wouldn't say that it's specifically, um, there's no gate holding it back uh, in, in to BCBAs only, uh, as long as there is some sort of knowledge base of the basic principles at play um, and some knowledge of where the VB map is, is meant to take your learner. Yes, that's a good, that's a good way to think about it. Because I think, you know, I, I started out, I was a teacher before I was a behavior analyst. And a lot of these tools were very intimidating to me, because I was like, am I even I got it on Amazon, but like, was I supposed to like, I don't know, like, if I'm supposed to be the one giving it, but you're right, once you have that kind of foundational knowledge, um, all the tools are in the protocol. Uh, yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so thinking about kind of the school setting for a minute, since we've been talking teachers, what advice do you have for teachers that are utilizing this tool already? Um, and we can talk a little bit more about that implementation piece, but in general in schools, what, how do you see this working best? I think that right now, when I look at the pieces where I've worked in schools that have asked to have the VBMAP program, some of the things that I like to do is work with the teachers to look at their IEP goals and kind of see how we could intermingle those those IEP goals with how we present it and the targets that we would use in our VB map. So for instance, if we're working on letter identification, we might pull those into our into our program and do a series of tasks with those, which would just be labeling the letters. Um, so it's just finding a way to use the skills and the teaching methodologies with the teachers that's appropriate for the kids. Um, you know, helping prompt the kids, um, chunking the work, quick paced instruction. They're usually like, you know, good, good tools to use when we're, you, when you, um, oh, I'm so sorry, when um, teaching kids um, with special needs. So I think that when we look at it, so we can pair those teaching methodologies, but also we can look at that transition assessment, as I mentioned earlier, to see how we can guide where a child will have the best learning environment or their least restrictive environment. And also, um, you know, if we need some more tools to use the task analysis within it just helps us to build some more skills um, that may need to just be fostered, like just have more um, concentration on them. If that yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that, I mean, that's going to be helpful for the whole day and really that teacher's skill set in general, too. Um, quick detour, even though we've been talking about schools, you want to kind of give a, a quick overview of the transitions as assessment and the task analysis that you just mentioned? Because if 
people haven't flipped through it yet, um, I think that'd be helpful to kind of know what's what's involved in those two components. Oh, absolutely. So the transition assessment can help guide the, like our IEP, our IEP team. And what we're looking at is um, it looks at the learner's least restrictive environment. So obviously when we have a child in schools, we want to make sure that they're in an environment where they can maximize their ability to learn. So when we're looking at the pieces um, of the BB map, they kind of give us a, a little bit of a blueprint as to which learning environment would facilitate the most effective place for that child to learn. Um, so that's the transitions assessment. It also looks at the skills needed in order to transition into an environment. So will they need extra behavior support when they're making those transitions? So it gives you kind of like a nice guide as to how to you know, move that child into the, into the settings that we need them to. Um, the task analysis really just sheds light on a variety of skills that could foster some generalization. Um, we want kids to be spontaneous with the things that they do. We don't want to overprompt them, um, maintenance, and just a variety of different skills within the educational setting that might need to, you know, be looked at. Um, I know that one of the sections goes from, you know, being able to match and also being able to use scissors and cutting. So there's so many skills that we could break apart into finer units in order to really um, make sure that we're hitting all goals that we need to with the kids. I always think of that section as like the benchmarks, right? Of like, if that was mm -hmm. the IEP goal, here's all the benchmarks. And there's always so many great ideas that are so readily accessible for the classroom in that section. It's just like filled with like, oh, I should, I should work on this. So this is another great one. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing that it's kind of a good place to go to, uh, when you've reached a, a, a wall, just running through the, the milestones assessment, it's a good place to kind of fall back to it's a, it's and, and find skills that will help build to that ultimate goal that we're working towards. Yeah. I, you know, for, I'm going to, this is like honesty moment for a long time. I only utilized the milestone assessment and didn't know about that, the task analysis part. And then I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much more in here. Like I had missed out on all of that for years. It was, it was oh, it's like a hidden treasure when you find it and you're like, yes, this is what this, this is what my kid needs to learn. It's so nice. It is. It, it's great. Absolutely. Okay. Let's kind of circle back to the implementation because this is like, I think where everyone's like, okay, this all sounds cool, cool, cool. But like, Oh, the stuff and the organization and the data sheets and all this. So what are your like secret tips for getting organized with the toolkit, having the stuff all ready to go? What, what are your go-to strategies for that? So I think for one thing, what we, what we focus on is, is organization, having a way to first and foremost, store all of these materials that you need to assess. Um, and then from, from there, looking in that storage system, how it's broken down by domain um, and then by goal. So, so being organized uh, is going to be the biggest tip I think that we can give um, in running just the assessment. And then through the progression of the VB map is, is organization. If, if you're not organized, you don't know exactly what you're doing and you're going to scramble and you're going to end up uh, potentially losing your, 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 your student in that process and it's not gonna end up where you need to be. Uh, the other thing that I know that we've done in the past is we've kind of tag teamed. So with uh, Nick, if I was running an assessment with Nick, I might say, hey, Nick, I'm going to do the observable goals. I'm going to look at play. I'm going to look at eye contact and give ourselves targeted areas to look at. So if he's measuring 
the tax or what a child can label if the child is demanding or asking for things. We kind of divide and conquer. So we're kind of really keen into the pieces that we're looking at. We take our notes. Um, and also just keeping in mind, uh, one of the bigger things that we do look at is any barriers, anything that we observe that is going to impede that child, um, in impede that child's learning. Because when we're doing the assessment, we want to make sure that we're being as thorough as possible so we can identify all the things that we need to target for the child. So uh, dividing, conquer, communication. Also, um, I always like to try to stay, uh, have all the materials with me. So I'm kind of controlling them, even though we're trying to make it fun. That's definitely a, a, a trick because I've had kids who um, I give them one thing and that separation or that detachment from that item can just make the, the whole assessment kind of go south. They won't do anything else if they get stuck in that particular, you know, attitude. Yeah. So, so then you're like, well, I guess we're playing with bubbles for the rest of today. <laughs> yeah. yep, we're, gonna, we're circling back to the horse again. I've had that before. It's all about what they like. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I like the suggestion of two people at once. Like I could even see in a classroom, like having a paraprofessional, like work alongside a teacher and maybe taking some data on some components while a teacher is doing something else. And that might sound like crazy if you're like, gosh, I barely have enough staff as it is, but it might really make the process more efficient and go by more quickly. No. We, we've had pretty good success with it. Um, I could see that in, in a school, it might be a little bit more tricky, but there's ways to tweak it just to see how we can measure and observe it for each one of the, set, the sets. Um, but I also think just to add on to that, being pleasant and being welcoming for the person that you're working with is also really important. Um, having a good demeanor and just being patient, that's just something else too to pack along with it. Yeah. And, and like you said, like follow their lead. If they want to play with the horse the whole time or we're going to make it engaging and fun, like that's fine. Like having it be, even though it's assess an assessment, like somewhat student, you know, focused and driven. Yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the, the things that sometimes gets missed with BB Map is it, it's seen as this, like you even said it yourself, it's very, it can be intimidating. It can be very, uh, and it's this big, scary assessment, but it can also be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And when it is fun is when you're going to get your best results. Happy kids learn best. So it, it, if you're if you're using the toys and the objects that they are preferred and that they like to use, 
uh, that child is going to have fun and you're going to have a good time right along with them. Yeah. Nine nine times out of 10, you're going to get, you know, higher compliance. You're going to get a kiddo to play with you more if you build that rapport with them from, you know, Jump Street. Yes. And actually that like is bringing me a little bit to my next question. And I had, I was talking to actually Dr. Sunberg a few months ago and he brought up that he thinks one of the common missteps of when utilizing the VP map clinicians utilizing is not getting that instructional control from the start. And like you said, not making it fun and there's not even that engagement there. So we're not going to have a very reliable assessment after that. What are other common missteps that maybe you've seen happen or mistakes you've made yourself when utilizing the VP map? I think one one you've you've kind of touched on um, is uh, that pairing process, making sure that you have a relationship with that learner before you start to to throw all kinds of questions at them and and ask them to perform for you. Uh, you got to make sure that you have a relationship and have successfully and 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 fully paired with that learner first, um, and then along with that, I also think that. Um, letting it letting it be somewhat learner driven and, and child driven is okay. When you think about VB Map, you, you, it's often um, used in conjunction with table time. But one of the things that I always say is VB Map doesn't necessarily have to happen at a table. It can happen on a carpet. It can happen while we're we're playing outside. There's you can carry these concepts and and, and learning strategies wherever you go and wherever that learner is gonna is gonna learn best is where you should be. Yes. Oh my gosh. And like, yeah, it could be at the playground and be tapping items, you know? Yes. I think one of the bigger ones I've had is that, um, you know, the verbal behavior program is not a substitute for speech for a speech language pathologist. Um, my best friend is actually a speech language pathologist, one of them. And, um, you know, I think that understanding what we do, setting up the motivation and the opportunities is very different than the mechanics. I always love consulting with her because she gives us some great insights for the echoics piece, how to help shape those th- th- that language. But we really like to work on the motivation of, you know, mans. That's what we kind of work off of. We, we give the children what is motivating to them to create those opportunities for them to engage with us. So um, I've definitely had some um, some questions when it comes to the speech and language departments versus verbal behavior. That's a really good point. Yeah. What are your tips for collaborating with SLPs on, on utilizing this and kind of having still a team approach where we're not like stepping on anyone's toes? Sure. So one of the things that I look at first or we look at first is what sounds the child has in their repertoire. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, this is what they could do. How could we shape this or what tools could we use? Um, You know, our speech and language can do prompt training. Are there skills that you can give to me to practice with the child during the week that I could do on my level? Um, Because we always keep it very professional in the sense she's a speech and language pathologist professional, and I take that input from her. Um, So that's one of the pieces that I really look at. And the echoics part, which is that verbal imitation, how we could produce the sounds or even help like position a child's lips from the direction of that speech and language pathologist has been really helpful. Um, we've also, I've also taken some tips on just following those directions, our listener responding goals, how well the children are, you know, receptively understanding and how to look at, you know, how to present different questions, uh, the WH questions and those pieces. I, I love to consult with her for those things. Yeah. We're going to work better together. And it's, it's sometimes, sometimes we're our own worst enemies, right? We're like not taking those proactive (laughs) steps to like get the team together, but it's so much better when we do. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's helpful to kind of get a, a, an idea of the difference between where your learner is and what would be uh, typical milestones and, and, and a typically developing child, because that's sometimes that, that I've felt with myself is, is I've tried to push a learner who's, who's doing really well for me and they're, they're, they're flying through the VB map right now. Uh, where I might have uh, a conversation with their speech therapist and kind of guiding me back towards, well, he's not ready for that yet. So yeah. I don't want to push a learner further than, than he can go at the moment. Um, and I've, I've found that speaking with uh, other service providers is helpful in, in keeping me grounded. Yes. <laughs> um, one last question that I just thought of that is not really related to what we're talking about, but I get asked this quite a bit. So I'm curious both of your opinions on or answer to this is, what is the difference between the VB map and the ABLES? That's a good question. I think the first thing um, that that I would point to is kind of how the the VB map kind of looks more at one. It focuses more on manding, I think, than than the Ables does. Um, and I think that that's that's an important first step uh, and very important in in developing verbal behavior. Um, I also think that the VB map kind of uh, attends more to the antecedents that 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 would precede. Uh, come before the the verbal language, the skill, the verbal skill that we're looking to to generate. Um, it really kind of breaks down the um, environmental factors that elicit verbal behaviors and and um, kind of guide how a uh, an interaction should go. Yeah, that was a good on the spot answer. Sorry to, to put you on the spot there, but yeah, I I agree. No, I'm always curious what like others' opinions are, because I feel like I get asked that frequently. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you both so much. I think this has been a really helpful overview if someone is new to the VB map, or even if you are already utilizing it, some new tips and strategies for kind of making the process more streamlined and more smooth in your classroom or in your clinic. Um, can you, do you want to wrap up by sharing a little bit about Interactive Kids, where you both work and where people can go to learn more from you both? Um, so interactive kids, we are located in Cherry Hill. We are, um, our services include home-based services, clinical services. We also do consulting in the schools. Um, we are pretty much, um, a pretty, um, I'm, I'm losing my words right now. I'm so sorry. That's fine. We um, can edit that. Thank you. Yeah. No um, go ahead, Nick. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, so Interactive Kids, we're, we're a behavioral service provider providing services to Cherry Hill, uh, New Jersey, and, and the various surrounding counties. Um, we service um, clients from age, the youngest client that I've come in contact with was 15 months, and the oldest is approaching or has just passed 40. So we have a wide range of uh, services that we can provide. We, we do consulting in school districts. Um, we provide social skills training. We do transition services for adults. Um, we have clinic-based services for our, our younger folks. Um, and we also support in-home and in the community for, for our, our clients with autism. Great. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. I've really enjoyed chatting with you both. Yeah, it it's nice been fun. to speak with you as well. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, 
leave in the feedback, or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.